Aloha to the Interverse tribe and welcome to the one within all. Today I'm talking to yet another entrepreneurial artist with a multidimensional toolkit of skills and passions named Holly Harper Chestnut. As the vocalist for the electrically charged and all-around awesome musical trio called Glass Cannon, Holly travels the country spreading the message of self-love, empowerment, and discovery of truth by creating music that charges up audiences and might even inspire them to find their own purpose for incarnating on Earth. Aside from enlightening audiences with her super hybridized dance rock hip-hop beats, Holly is a social media expert who assists fellow creatives with promotion of their own art by teaching mindful usage of these double-edged social platforms. That's a pretty interesting topic in and of itself because few people are probably thinking about mindfulness while they're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, but with the ever-complexifying age of the digital self, it really is important to learn how to harness these tools for your own growth, instead of letting them suck you dry with their attention-destroying mental hooks. A true lucid dreamer and woke AF liver, I'm thrilled to get Holly on the show and have a talk about circumventing the ego through channeling musical, written, and dreamed messages from our higher self, and about the ability we all have to rewrite our personal narratives and create a new story for our lives. So make sure and check the show notes for links to Glass Cannon and Holly's social profiles, and please show the band some love if you dig their tunes. And now it's time to put our minds offline for just a moment and open up those heart chakras to send some warm gratitude and loving welcome energy to our guest today. Welcome to Interverse, Holly. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for that intro. That was, I probably could not have described myself that way. Thank you for that. It's kind of weird for me to like start talking in an intro about somebody that I haven't got a lot of experience communicating to. And I've found that I can just sort of intuit what they're about if they've got some material out on the internet and creations. And I've definitely checked out your music. So the message lyrically there was quite clear to me, both whenever I was seeing you guys perform live and then listening to more of it from time to time and earlier today. So definitely your intentions shine right through. It's, I guess it wasn't that hard for me to figure out how to describe you pretty well. Thank you. Thank you for the support and for, for listening. I, I appreciate that. I'm still getting used to people like hearing, hearing the music. So it's still anytime someone hears it and communicates that back to me, I'm just really grateful. Absolutely. That's kind of how I feel with the show too. It's a little bit weird, especially starting out. You're like, well, what is everyone going to think of me? But pretty much by the time you're making something consistently, you have to have gotten over that most of the time. And it only comes up a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's true. Very true. Well, tell me about yourself. What do you think of yourself? You know, how how would you describe what you're all about these days? Myself. Oh, man. Ever changing, constantly evolving. Sometimes I'm not sure if I ever will truly just know who that is because it changes so often. But that's part of the journey. But right now I'm just been diving into music and trying to really get a hold of my creative channels and trying to figure out what stories I want to push out to the world and putting good intentions behind them and just trying to develop myself as an artist. And it's been kind of new for me. Well, I say that it just, I guess it just feels new every time you go on stage and you have to present yourself to people in a way that's vulnerable and, and you're, you're just trying to let your whole self be heard. And so I'm, I'm still developing in that aspect. And 
I don't know. I'm kind of starting to accept the fact that that's going to be an ongoing thing forever. So it's, it's not so scary to me anymore. But yeah, I've just been really trying hard to create and getting my business going, getting used to being full-time self-employed entrepreneur. I'm about two weeks into being full-time, just like self-employed. And so that's been really fun to, to get a hold of that. And it's been fun and rocky to figure out like my productive process and how that all works. So that's kind of where I'm at today. Well, that's exciting to have really taken the leap into full freelancer. I'm not there yet, sadly. I'm making great progress towards getting there. And then in other places, it feels like I've been stuck for a long time. And yeah, I can totally relate to the fear of making the full leap because I still haven't, I'm just like standing at the cliff sides though. <laughs> I mean, there's some aspects to what I'm doing that is definitely a leap, quantum leap from where I used to be though. And I think what's important is that everyone does realize that wherever you're at in the process, it is exactly that, a process. And you're just mm -hmm. like, just because you cross into some part of the spectrum where now you have a wider degree of freedom doesn't mean you've reached the goal. And just because you don't have something that you're trying to create in your life yet doesn't make you a failure or guarantee that you won't reach that point. Definitely. I can agree with all of that for sure. What kind of stuff are you doing freelance wise? We touched on your social media business, mm -hmm. but do you have any other creative outlets as well? I do some things on the side here and there outside of the social media stuff. I pick up random bartending gigs here and there. I really like to do that and interact with people that way, sometimes at concerts locally. I've gotten a couple of wedding DJ gigs, which has been kind of neat because I'm I'm married. So I get to see it from like the other side of it and just be there and, and see that set, see that love and get that experience from a musical side. And that just really happened randomly. So I'm kind of trying to push that a little more too. But yeah, that's a balance. And then I teach guitar. So I have one student now, but I'm hoping to expand and form like a creative more than music teaching, more like processing and artists like as a whole, developing yourself as an artist and, and helping kids process through whatever experiences they're going, teaching them how to write stuff and, and just having that all come together as something that I'm kind of focusing on too. That is way more than just teaching music, but in a way, helping somebody unlock the full depth and the range of their self is kind of what it takes for them to unlock their full musical potential as well, because it's not just about knowing the instrument, really. There's a whole soul component that comes in. But what's interesting is you'll definitely discover parts of that soul just by practicing the instrument. So that is a huge part of it. I think it's cool that you've got such a variety of sources of income and ways to assist other people in their growth and development at different stages that they might be in or bring just plain joy and pleasure in the form of being a, an awesome DJ and setting a good vibe for somebody's wedding. I think it's a smart thing not to limit yourself and say, I'm only this, I'm only the singer of this band, or I'm only a guitarist or, or whatever, I'm only a painter. In reality, you have infinite potential, whoever you are. So it makes more sense to me that you would do a variety of things as vocational fields, different ways of getting income and reciprocity back for the creative output and energy you're putting into the world. And if you're doing it with the intention of uplifting others as well, then it's only natural that you're going to get a boomerang effect of being uplifted from a bunch of different sources instead of, you know, all your eggs in one basket and potentially that one thing maybe doesn't 
is, you know, everything's impermanent. So you, you mm-hmm. don't want to overly depend on being any one version of yourself. I feel like if you are more multidimensional about your expression, then each one of those other things actually unlocks your ability in each other as well. It's all synergistic. Definitely. I think it's really important to express all of our sides of creativity, be multi-passionate and just really dive in wherever we can and take opportunities and random things that come to us and just kind of fly with it. Because that's really what I've done. I feel like a lot of it I manifested, but a lot of it came to me. And so, yeah, I I think it's important to have a variety of things, a variety of outlets. I get, I don't want to say I get bored easily, but my attention gets directed a lot of different places a lot of the time. And I'll find inspiration with one thing. Right now, I haven't really written anything new for music in the past month or two because I've been focused on developing myself here. And so just kind of going all over the map but it comes full circle and it's an entire process. And I learn like so much about myself at each stage. It's like, I feel like I'm not the same person when I was working on this here as I was whenever I went through and did all the work I needed to do for my business. I came out stronger and then it helps me with my music and then, you know, developing care helps me here. And so, so like a lot of connections being made all at once. That's another great thing about having eclectic interests because you'll come back to playing guitar or come back to painting after a few months. And even though you weren't practicing, you are a little better at it in some ways. Yeah. Now you might still need like the endurance training of doing a lot of reps or a lot of practice to get back to full sharpness with your skills per se, but we exist in all points of our timeline simultaneously. So Mm -hmm. if you create a future timeline for yourself where you have put in a lot of time with some particular creative pursuit, I feel like you can draw the full range of inspiration from your past, present and future into whatever moment you're actually doing the creative act. If you're like, if you're really dedicated to the creative act, it's hard to describe, I think for someone that hasn't experienced that, but you're definitely not less of a musician because you take even a few years off or something. And that's Mm -hmm. important because some of us, maybe we were into drawing as children or, we play piano or what have you, and we stop doing it. And we don't consider ourselves an artist in that capacity anymore. But if you went back to that thing, you'd be surprised at how much you retained and remembered. And it's in your cells. It's in your body. Yeah, definitely. I think it's important for us to kind of think about these things and create like a safe container for it and to not let it to not let taking a look at your future or your past kind of rule your mood. Because I've found that that's been a big part of my journey is if you look too far into the future and you're so focused on the future, you can't enjoy the present. If you're looking at the past, it might depress you or what have you. And I think being really conscious about taking looks at all of those parts of our lives is really important too. I've done a lot of dream work that way and processed through a lot of things and tried to try to take looks at my own future and my dreams and never works. I think it's just really smart to take a good look at all parts of ourselves and then to remember to be really present and have practices for that. Yeah. One way to be present, even when you're looking at the past too, is to give yourself a new perspective on the past. And it can Mm -hmm. be as simple as whenever a thought comes up that is from the past that maybe troubles you all of a sudden, and it's definitely occasionally a thing in meditative states or uh, expanded consciousness states of various kinds, you might come across this old memory where you did something shitty to somebody or you regret something that happened or you felt 
traumatized by something. And it's interesting. You have an opportunity whenever those thoughts come up where instead of it being a weight, it actually is, oh, here it is. I, I, I just noticed this. Now what I can do is rethink it with the perspective of an omniscient narrator telling me the story who loves the main character who is me. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's about how you didn't know or you didn't have a certain knowledge or you weren't evolved quite enough yet and therefore this thing occurred or maybe there's something that was even beyond your control but whenever you are no longer in the victim moment of something beyond your control or you're no longer in the moment of the frame of thought that caused you to make a mistake it get, then you're past it it's not you you're never you don't need to hold on to the perspective that it was like this bad thing and you have the chance to actually lighten it and turn it into part of the story that made you who you are today and Mm -hmm. it becomes positive and it's like it's transmuting the shadow into gold i'm really interested more in like dream work too what what does that entail is that like lucid lucid dreaming on purpose yeah let me see where to start with this i guess with dream work it's taken a while for me to get a grip on having control over my dreams which it doesn't happen all the time but i kind of started this journey I want to say like four or five years ago, I was like out on my own living in Austin and just kind of becoming, I was about 19 years old. And so just kind of taking the world in and just experiencing so many different things. And I started to lucid dream, which is just like coming awake in your dreams and realizing that this is a dream and kind of getting control over not so much the situation but your state in the dream has been the biggest thing. So for example, any time that I realized that I am dreaming pretty much every time I would try to fly. <laughs> and so, cause I'm just like, I can't fly. Like I know my body's back in my bed in this place. And I'd go through like this list of things so that I could stay conscious and like breathe through it. And then I just fly off. And that was fun. That's what I always do is just, I immediately start flying. Yeah, like, there's a, like you have a checklist once you hit that point of, oh, I'm in a dream and you you actually do certain things. Yeah, definitely. The first thing that I'll do is look at my hands. So every time I'm dreaming and I look at my hands, they don't look physical. It's like they look holographic. So you're like missing your fingers and they look weird. They never because you're not there. You're not materialized. So you can always tell by that. Other things that have kind of like triggered it for me are like clocks. The first time I can remember like coming lucid in a dream was having this dream that I went to my favorite restaurant in Austin, Magnolia Cafe. There are 24 hours. It's the best because you can go in there at three o'clock after you've three o'clock in the morning after you've been working all day and just enjoy a meal and it's the great greatest atmosphere and I remember walking into the place and there was just a big sign that said we close at like 1104 p.m. and the clock on the wall is like it's at 11.04 and the people are telling me it's closed and I'm like no like something's off here because this place is 24 hours like this is my spot and then I kind of realized and looked around and like everything was just weird and I just kind of had this like coming to moment of this is not real but like I'm here and I'm experiencing this and then I started throwing papers everywhere and freaking out because I was like this is a dream ha 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 and then everyone got really alarmed at me and started to chase me. And so that was the first time I had experienced that. And so they're chasing me and I'm not sure how to control my body. And I'm just like, I'm not really here right now, but I can't, I have like no control over anything. And I'm like, 
running and trying to like hop on a skateboard and it was kind of like that scene in the matrix where like all the people are looking at you and you're just like oh crap (laughs) what do I do clocks coming back to what I was saying before clocks are like another thing but usually I'll I'll look at my hands and then I'll just kind of take a look around and try and take things in and then start taking deep breaths in and so in and out and paying attention and then I'll go through this checklist of I'll tell myself where my body is, like my sleeping body is like in my bed in Lubbock or wherever I am when it's happening. It had happened in all kinds of different places. So and just kind of go through that and try and maintain breath and maintaining breath is literally the only thing that works because I feel like once you start breathing fast or if you're flying up into the sky really fast and you hold your breath you're out of it and you you lose awareness and then you're awake again and you're just like dang I wanted to fly more but if you have to maintain breath so that's a big biggest thing for me is just kind of paying attention to that and I learned that through a lucid dream um, meeting someone that explained to me how to do this in the dream in the dream and uh, showed me instructions it happened after I saw that movie inside out it's like a kids animated film where there's like all these characters and they represent different emotions that you have like there's the sadness and like joy and anger and all these different things and They're like inside your head, like controlling your body and stuff. It's really neat. If you haven't seen it, it's a really good movie. But yeah, I like came to in this like space station dome looking place. And it was like the inside of my head. And the guy said he was like in a captain suit, like at this control station. And he said that it was like my head space, which is like the inside of my head and kind of walked me through some memories that I had that I needed to process through. I asked him about my future and about like if I could hear music that I was going to create. And he was like, no, you haven't experienced enough for that yet. Like we're finished here, (laughs) but just remember what I've taught you about like breathing in and out. Like he just gave me instructions and that's worked since. So I just go with that. That was a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I'm extremely impressed with just the idea of getting advice from the guy that's steering some sort of spaceship that's inside your inner space. That's like incredibly cool. I don't know if everybody gets those type of dream experiences or at least comes back remembering them, but it makes perfect sense to have the breath be your anchor to maintaining this conscious state while you're dreaming. Because how do you maintain a conscious lucid state while you're awake? It's still the breath. I mean, what we are is practically just perception consciousness that's it like we're perceiving things and we're choosing how we feel about it and therefore choosing what we're going to perceive or experience next and i mean that's the mechanics of a dream but that's the mechanics of life as well Mm -hmm. i think it's a very useful tool to be able to harness the power of your full psyche and communicate with your your unconscious in that way it's very carl jung-esque the way that you actually are literally communicating with the animus or the, you know, the unconscious part of your soul. That's what I've been getting a lot from the universe lately is even if you don't feel like you're capable of lucid dreaming or tapping into your intuitive side through that particular avenue, there's other ways to do it too. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing is that you're asking the question and looking for the response because it could, it could happen in a bunch of different ways. You just got to pay as much attention as possible. Like sometimes it's as simple as what colors you chose to wear that day. If you didn't really think about what you put on and you just threw something on, go look and think, what colors do I have on? 
what chakra is that correlated to? Mm -hmm. Am I telling myself that I need to work on this chakra or does this chakra feel really good and I'm wanting to express through this chakra? Like, because it could be subjective why you pick those colors. It could be positive or negative reason in a sense. I give this example because at this metaphysical fair in my town that I went to, there was a woman with dowsing rods mm -hmm. that was measuring people's auric field. Neat. And then she would, it was really neat. So she would show, she showed me about 12 feet away where the dowsing rods just go whoop and bend away from each other. And that was like the edge of my field. But then she would choose a chakra and focus on that and then back up and walk towards me again. And my different chakras were at different ranges and different strengths. And in general, mine were all quite strong, especially like root and heart and throat chakra. But my sacral chakra, whenever I was talking to her, this was last night, mm -hmm. and my, my sacral and my solar plexus chakra were both a little weaker or a few feet closer to my body when the dowsing rods were approaching. So I was actually wearing a tie-dye shirt that was yellow and orange right then. Mm -hmm. It's like I was giving myself the message from my unconscious, hey, look at this, look at this. This mm -hmm. is where you're deficient right now is where you're not paying attention. Anyway, once you have that information, you can turn it around pretty quick. And I feel like I've already strengthened those chakras just through the use of certain essential oils and aromatherapy and through mm -hmm. meditation and through using some crystals and some self-healing and Reiki techniques and and just to top it all off, I got a couple of new bracelets with nice. stones stones that apply to those particular chakras. So I feel like this is the power that you get from your unconscious. Stuff like this where you actually can get a more objective view of yourself. Because when you're in yourself and you're in your ego, it is hard to see things objectively. Mm -hmm. But the truth is still in you. The part of you that senses everything and knows everything, it knows objectively what's going on with you, even if you're not paying enough attention to notice it. Yeah, I love that you brought up energy work and, and all of that. That's really awesome. I think that I've noticed that about myself as well when certain colors will stick out to me or if I'm preparing food, that's when I notice it the most. The other night I made squash with like yellow peppers and like all this yellow stuff. And I had a similar thought like, huh, I wonder why this is sticking out to me. And I know that different colored foods or just wearing different colors kind of can correlate back to that. It's really, really interesting. And I love using that. Uh, as a healing technique and just being able to tune into your body and tune into yourself every now and then. Cause sometimes I, I, I definitely lose touch. I'll daydream all day uh, if I just let myself. So those are kind of little reminders of me too, like that I need to be processing and constantly working on myself and evolving. Yeah. But what's beautiful is once you've set that intention really powerfully, that is what you want is you want to get those messages and be able to evolve because you're paying attention it does sort of happen not automatically like there's still action required on your part but it's almost like as soon as you trust yourself that you're going to do it then you just start mm -hmm. doing it as opposed to having this attitude about yourself like oh i can't i can't meditate i'm just not good at meditating yeah. it's not it's not for me or um i don't have i don't have time is a great class yeah. of course but you know just generally speaking this whole self-transformation thing that artists and creative people in general are tapping into and redefining their life and getting out of these nine to five boring, soul-sucking, like wasteful, ecologically damaging life situations and into stuff that's more holistic and more along the lines of why we even incarnated here in the first place. 
like the majority of the battle is just making that choice. I'm, I'm open to it. I'm ready for it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure it out. I don't know how to get from point A to point Z, but I do know how to get to B because B is right over there and it's just like one step away. Yeah. Taking the little steps is so important. Just letting yourself do the little things instead of trying to focus too much on the big picture because then you just lose sight of the whole thing. It's not fun anymore for the the whole journey. Like that's what's the most important part because the destination is never set. And man, I've had so many situations where I've thought that something was supposed to work out this way, or it was supposed to be like this. And once I just let go of expectations and things just kind of start blooming along, it's just so much more beautiful. And I may not end up here, but I'm always where I need to be. And I love that notion. Yeah, because love is the pervasive universal force, right? So why should we really worry about where we wind up as long as we're tuned in to love and expressing it ourselves? then we'll always be open to receiving it no matter the situation. Even if we wind up like locked in a dungeon in a scary yeah. place, I mean, you can still love yourself even in the worst situation, I guess is my point Definitely. there. And I say that, uh, that example actually is pertinent because I'm sure there's lots of, there's tons and tons of people that have had amazing spiritually transformative experiences and written books and stuff like that from prison cells of all places. Yeah. So it really doesn't matter where you are. That's very true. I, I really love the idea of loving yourself like and not being ashamed of it. Not in a sort of, I feel like something happened along the way that people were convinced that loving yourself is, it's really egotistical or it's bad or it makes you like this cocky person, but that's not what it's about at all. I've, I've experienced that quite a bit and I've talked to a lot of people and opened up to a lot of people about that. And I just think it's really, really important. Self-love, self-care. I write about it a lot. That's like our main focus with Glass Cannon Music is just kind of pushing that introspective, like the introspective self-love, like looking at shit and seeing it how it really is. Can I say shit? No. Ah. (laughs) It's free expression. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) And just accepting yourself as you are and like being able to be weird, being able to be angry, just like however you are in the moment and not repressing it, bypassing it. Like, I think that that's the most loving thing you can do for yourself is not, I mean, having a good vibe and being positive is great, but when stuff happens and it like really affects you, I think that processing through that and really filling it out is super important. And I know I've talked to so many people that are just really afraid to feel things like fully. And I don't know, that's kind of the message that I'm, I'm wanting to push out there is just to kind of feel fully and to fully express yourself. And I think it's good to get started on that path of increasing one's sensitivity because we are so cut off from the full range of information that's coming into us on a like sense level and metaphysical level. Mm-hmm. Of course, most of us aren't even ready to take in a fraction of the totality that we're actually immersed in right now. Mm-hmm. Some of us jumpstart that process with psychedelics and that has varying results. I think it's good to look at it like you're walking up infinite stairs and mm-hmm. there's no, you know, you could either keep walking up the stairs or next to the stairs, there's a slide and it goes straight down and it's really fun while you're going down. But then you got to go back up the stairs at some point. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like, I feel like personally, like I'll get to a, I'll feel like I'm almost at a solid point with a project or something and then something will fall through and I'll have to rebuild or something. It's happened a lot with music, business, just everything. It just happens. And yeah. so learning to like accept that process and, and the climbing back up part is not so scary once you've done it a couple of times with your legs are stronger yeah your legs are stronger (laughs) it's very important like I had to start completely over right before I met my band Glass Cannon Um, I was at a rebirth part where I had to come come back to my hometown and start a completely new life and they were like a safe haven for me and I would have never thought when I had to restart that I would have been like blessed enough to have them come into my life like it was really um really almost a miracle to me i i kind of consider it that at least all you got to do is consider the eons and millennia of evolution and synchronistic timing that led to you and your bandmates all being born in a particular time and place that you were born with all the life experiences necessary to shape you into the people who would then one day meet and become glass cannon There's nothing about that that's anything short of miraculous. And wonderful thing about mindfulness is opening yourself up to that realization about every person you meet and everything that happens to you makes everything awe-inspiring and beautiful and important and meaningful. And that meaning is your meaning. And that's part of being the creative person or the artist or the, you know, the one on the path of self-transformation is the creator of your own meaning. Meaning Mm -hmm. is who you got to be. I love that notion too. I feel like we we pretty much search for meaning in anything that we can as humans. I know that I do. For me, it's like seeing our numbers and kind of paying attention to things like that. And it's kind of makes me laugh sometimes when I think about this could mean this or this could mean absolutely nothing. Who knows? Like it's it's just a big mystery and having fun with it along the way is the most important thing to me and just trying to be happy. <laughs> Absolutely. And that will reflect out into what you're creating. And there's a grid effect that you can start to experience where someone's got your music in this spot or someone's got your your paintings or your prints here and then on this other part of the country. And what you're doing is you're just sending out these light bomb seeds all around the world that contain the frequency that you want the world to resonate at because it's it's not like you're trying to control the world, but what you're doing through this process of self-healing that expressing oneself fully is allowing for mm-hmm. is sending that process out to everybody else, to everyone that's open to receive it. And you just can't underestimate what the power of opening up just one person's head and heart is capable of doing for, for everybody else. And yeah, we're all necessary components in each other's journey to reaching those stages of actually shaping the world positively what i think is cool is that you're into doing social media help for some pretty amazing artists just the ones that you listed i guess i'll ask you how's that going what's that like how how is it to work with people like close z and beats antique some really cool people oh man it's it's like a it's like a dream to me like whenever i started my business it just came to me i have a another client her name is bella levey and she was my very first client. She took me on when I lived in Austin. She just 
we met and she liked me and she wanted me to come in and help her. And so she mentored me and she put me through a lot of different classes and taught me how to do what I do and taught me how to freelance and be really open to like receiving and working hard and hustling and knowing that like money would come to me and, and just taught me so much. And, and then I uh, kind of developed my own little business and went for the plunge last year. I had no idea it would have gotten this far. I had no idea I would have been working with Beats Antique. I've been a huge fan for a long time and I still like really fangirl all the time. I'm not even like scared to admit it at all. Like, and Closey as well. When I had the opportunity to meet her for the first time, that's probably the first time I've ever felt starstruck with a person and just was like, I don't know what to say. She has a powerful energy about her too in person. She's so amazing. Just, yeah, she, her, her outlook on life and just how she's just such a beautiful vessel for her sounds. is just really inspiring. And I didn't even know what to say. Hi, like, I love you, <laughs> but, but for real. And now I get to help push her sounds out and it's, it's really amazing because I get to help some of my favorite artists push their message out to the world and in hopes that it'll help other people too. Like it's helped me personally because those two artists like Beats Antique with their um, Hero of a Thousand Faces album, whenever I moved back and I was getting settled into being back in my hometown and processing and really taking a deep look at my journey and where I was at my life. I use the hero's journey, the monomyth by Joseph Campbell. And that was what that concept album was about. And I was listening to his lectures and everything and came across that album and went through the stages. And it really just kind of helped me process through things. I feel like at a more rapid rate than I would have if I didn't have that outlet because I was pretty lost at the time and I needed something. And it was like a solace for me, the people I met along the way, meeting my bandmates who knew Jesse Breda of Gravitas Recordings, which is another client of mine. And he's just an amazing manager and boss. And he's opened the doors for me and taken me on to be part of his team. I took a shot one day. I was really, I was kind of feeling down about my business. You know, I reached out to so many people and just wasn't sure where I needed to fit in to like make my money. And I put together a portfolio and sent it to him on a whim and was just like almost having a panic attack about sending it out to him because I love like their stuff too. And it's just like, you know, like, am I, is he going to want me to be on the team or, and you know, you have, what's it called? Imposter syndrome that you have to deal with when you're an entrepreneur. Like, do I really know what I'm doing? Like, ah, and you do, but it's, it's something Thankfully, I had to research that it's a common thing that entrepreneurs go through. And so I had to overcome that really fast when he asked me to be on the team and said that he wanted to take on Beats Antique. And that would be my first project. And so it was like, okay, like this is happening. I have this opportunity now to like work for one of my favorite acts ever and really push their message out there. I don't know. It felt serendipitous, honestly. I still ask myself, like, is this real sometimes? And I don't know, I just feel really blessed and grateful for the opportunity just to be able to be part of the team and be part of the voice that kind of steers the vessel and helps them with, you know, creative blocks and pushing their stuff out. And I don't know, I shake my head sometimes because I'm just like, there's no way. But it's really helped me be more confident in what I'm doing in my art and 
being part of a team now, I'm working with pivotal agencies. So I gradually, I moved from just working with them to being part of a digital agency out of Austin. They have a handful of amazing clients, Closing and Beats, Antique are two of them, and others. Um, Christina Soto, who's a singer, I'm going to be working with her soon and helping her push her stuff out. And I find it really amazing because I found her by chance just randomly online like a year ago and listened to some of her music and it really touched me. And so it's just kind of coming all full circle. And right now I'm just trying to focus on the balance and like making sure that I do the best that I can and paying attention to the day to day, like what little tasks can I do today that are going to have like a big impact and wins that I can get for them and how can I push what they have out with love and like encourage them to, you know, put themselves out there too, because putting yourself out there as an artist, it's not just like, Oh, here I am. You know, like you go through the stages of, uh, should we show this or, you know, like, what do I do about this? Is this cool? Like, I don't know. And I get to encourage. And that's another like part of the job that I just really love too. So I don't know, I just started rambling, but I, I, I get really excited at the thought and I'm really grateful. Beautiful stuff. I really think it's important that we find ways to be of service and be helpful that are synchronistically also helpful for ourselves because there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you're getting to make connections that are empowering, mm-hmm. but you're also getting to empower the people that you're working with. It's it's exactly what hopefully Interverse is capable of doing more and more in the future as well is getting people's messages out there that don't have a platform quite yet, but that are building their own or delivering the message of someone with a larger platform in a different way than their typical medium. When it comes to someone say that's a painter, they don't necessarily do a lot of audio interviews, but maybe they have some pretty amazing esoteric wisdom. What, yeah. I, what I find to be challenging as an entrepreneurial creator myself is managing my social media. I may, be, I may be a few steps ahead of some people in that I know what I need to do and could do to an extent, mm-hmm. but just finding the time to yeah. maximize the utilization of those things, it's impossible. I, yeah. would, I would basically hate my life if I, <laughs> now if I, if I could get out of the whole nine to five that I've got, then I could put some of that time into my online profile. But that's something that artists are loath to admit, which is a true, a true reality. If you want what you're doing to be vocational, then you have to balance the amount of energy you're putting into the creation with actually putting energy into getting it out there. I guess my question in all this is, what advice do you have to people who are wanting to be freelance self-employed creators about using their social media wisely, like some quick tips? Okay. Using social media wisely. So I guess like the first thing you have to do is look at social media for what it is. And a lot of people like will get absorbed in their phones. Like you said, you mentioned earlier, um, sometimes it can be a bit of a rabbit hole and you can get really lost in it. But I think it's really important to stay outside of it and just really look at what it is and what it can do for you and the good that it can bring and also limit your time on it and don't let it distract you. It's like, it's a double-edged sword because like I'll be working on Facebook building ads or whatever. And at the same time, I'm logged in getting messages from people wanting to talk to me about certain things. And I have to 
not look at that or like not look at the cat memes like I want to just for a second, just for a little, uh, a little boost. Like I have to stay out of there. I can't dig in the give memes. Me that dopamine hit. Give me that little hit I need, you know, uh, not, not getting distracted, but you can break it down. It, it's a lot. It's really overwhelming at times, but there's ways to do it smart ways to do it that you can put like two or three hours in a week, not even that much and make it successful. Like 30 minutes, something I recommend is for like 30 minutes on a Sunday, take a look at all the content that you have, everything that you have that you want to push out to the world. What do you have? Then pick just a couple of things you want to touch on throughout the week, like two or three things, nothing too crazy. Schedule them out, like get your headlines together. Hashtags are a huge deal. And you can use a free scheduler, which you had mentioned, you have someone scheduling stuff for you, but you can put it all into a manager and have it all in one space for free. I use Buffer. I've used Hootsuite before. Both are great. But to save time, you need to plan ahead. And so I think the biggest thing is people don't want to take a look at it and plan ahead. It's really overwhelming. But really, once you start to do it and you start to realize like, okay, if I do this for two hours out of the week, it's going to save me all of this time and not only time, but energy, stress. You can't be, you know, at work, you're at a nine to five or you're at whatever, trying to think about what you're going to post on here. And it's not going to be your best work if you're frantically trying to put stuff up because you have to like getting into that creative flow and kind of setting down, like I'll sit down for 30 minutes and I'll just center myself and be like, all right, for the next 30 minutes, I'm going to look at, find some really beautiful images, you know, for one client that I, I think that she would love. And I'm going to really tune into my client and I've learned her and I've learned her voice and what she likes. So I'm going to pay attention and you can do this for yourself and just really whatever sticks out to you and just save it and save it on a file, build a file on your desktop and hold all of that there, really make it authentic and focus in on you and like really putting your message out there. And then for the next 30 minutes, just kind of coming up with little things that you want to say. You could find quotes, you could find, you know, your personal message. If you've written stuff, if you have a blog, you can take little bits and pieces and just make it you. Like it's, it's supposed to be a vessel to push your stuff out there and to not take it so seriously, I think is a big deal. Like the self-doubt thing, I work with my clients on it a lot. And it's, it's just a thing. Like you're putting yourself out there. It's you're, you're being vulnerable by, you know, sharing your stuff, like, and working through that. That's part of it too. Sitting down and just being like, all right, I'm putting this up and not freaking out about it, which I do myself too, as an artist with the glass cannon stuff. But it's just something that you have to do. And sometimes the truth hurts, but you got to push it out there anyways. <laughs> I mean, just little things like that and just realizing that it's going to save you energy and it's going to save you stress and stress being like the one thing that you want to try to avoid at all costs if you can. So just trying to look at it from a different way and, and seeing it as like something fun and creative. Like I get to express myself and really trying to take those little mindsets that you've built up around it, which seems like everyone kind of has about promoting their stuff and flipping the script on it. Those are kind of unorthodox ways. I'm not going to be technical about how to do your thing, but those are really, really important things, your mindset around it and just kind of how you see it and it not being a nuisance. And it makes sense. I think part of what makes social media so distracting is that we do go for it whenever we've got like 
I swear, I'll have 10 seconds before a light goes from red to green and my brain's like, look at your phone, look at your phone, look at your phone. Like, what are you going to do on the phone? And I, it's so crazy. What makes total sense about what you're saying is definitely the planning ahead and preparing because my style of social media use is totally force myself to do it in between some other task while I'm waiting for something else or as a distraction from doing something else that I should be doing. Okay, I'll, I'll just go post something here to mm-hmm. like give myself a mental break or whatever. And yeah, that's not the right kind of intention to be putting into it whenever it, it, whenever you really need to be focused on you know, getting yourself out of whatever nine to five slave situation you're stuck in. You're mm-hmm. not going to, for me, this is something that I've come to realize and I'm trying really hard to avoid doing anything podcast related while I'm at work, which is tempting because I'm at a computer. I'm the IT guy mm-hmm. at the company. Like I, I'm the one that's in charge of like what sites are blocked or allowed and like people's history and stuff. I literally have the keys to just do whatever I want on the computer and not even get in trouble, even though I'm at work. Yeah. So yeah, like that has led to a huge temptation to do a lot of my interverse work besides like the editing and interview Mm -hmm. stuff at my other job. And if my mindset is that I don't work on this when I'm at home, I sneak this in while I'm supposed to be doing something else. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. (laughs) How am I teaching? How am I training myself to be responsible and be able to trust myself to work on it when I'm at home when I have time? I'm really not. And that being said, when I'm at home, for the most part, I'm pretty good about staying on task and working on things that are productive and and whatever. But if I'm trying to change my situation, to uh, then I need to change my situation where I can first. And that would definitely, and it has already, uh, I've Mm -hmm. already started, but, uh, you know, cutting out the social media stuff at work and the the interverse stuff while I'm at my other job and making that something I'm more intentionally working on in other times and definitely moving away from doing it as a distraction from something else and in these little two minute bursts that I can muster and doing it all at once Mm -hmm. and loading it up from a a centrally managed hub for sure. Yeah. Really good advice. Like uh, big Big gratitude and huge thanks for from me and hopefully other people found that to be good advice as well. But like I, I could definitely have used that advice a while back, but it's not like I didn't also kind of know it and wasn't starting to get hip to it as well, that this is what I need and that you got to be more prepared mm-hmm. and, and less, you know, less flying by the seat of your pants and more intentional and prepared. And that's going to that's going to be what transforms things. And yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you yeah. for that really good information. Definitely. That's definitely the place to start. I think just looking at it differently and then you can dig into the technical stuff later. Making lists is a big deal too. And not over, I think having like setting realistic expectations for yourself, like not expecting yourself to get too much done in a day that if you don't, you're just beating yourself up about it. That's something I've gone through so many times that I'm kind of like, okay, what are the top things I need to get done today? Making lists. You can use a project manager. I use Asana. Um, it's free. You can look it up and it tracks your due dates on stuff and you can assign yourself tasks and keep stuff just really organized that way and staying organized. The biggest thing about like scheduling out ahead of time is to like save your, save your time so you can engage with other people. And I think that for promoting your stuff, getting the content out there, And planning that ahead of time is super wise because the second step would be engaging 
and actually connecting and talking to people because you don't want to just push your stuff out there and push it on to people without like actually, you know, liking their stuff and getting to know who they are. Cause that's part of the fun too. And limiting your, limiting your time on that, setting yourself to like, okay, so for an hour this week, I need to go in and talk to people. I need to go like their stuff and share their stuff and just get to know who they are. And especially for your podcast, like that's, that would be perfect for you, but just for really any sort of creative endeavor, any business, you know, showing, showing some love and commenting back always. Like if someone talks to you, like talk back to them because they wanted to engage with you. And that itself is just like out of all the people on the internet, like they wanted to talk to you about something. So that's kind of special and see like having a reward system, like feeling in your body, I've, I've started to get really conscious about this, but feeling really good whenever I knock a little task off my list instead of just being like, okay, I did that. You know, like letting yourself be like, yeah, I finished that. And then every time you do that, it just gets, it just raises your vibe just that much more. And it makes it, if it's fun and, and you love doing it, it's not work anymore. And so that's kind of the message that I try to put out there. A lot of people have different reward systems and treat themselves to whatever, but I think just like feeling it and, you know, just feeling good about yourself in that little moment, that makes all loads of difference. Where are you guys at with your, with your journey? What are your plans for the coming year? What, what is the, you know, what's it like working with these guys? Um, what are you hoping to achieve overall with the band, you know, uh, or is it just something that you're doing because it's what you do? Oh man. Well, right now we're trying to, uh, we have some things on the horizon for us. So announcement was made just recently. I can finally talk about it. Um, we're going to be playing a festival called natural land in Arkansas. It's going to be in let's see Alexander, Arkansas. So, and that's going to be August 31st through September the 2nd. A lot of really awesome artists are on there as well. And so we've just gotten really blessed to uh, meet our manager, Derek, that's kind of led us to that point. And we're really excited for that. So that's coming up. And then we've got Utopia Fest in November. And hopefully between that time, we're hoping to book a tour with Natural Lands being either the starting or ending point. We're figuring that out right now. But um yeah, we're wanting to tour. I'm really hoping to make this, if not a full-time thing, then something that I can do very regularly and that I can balance with my my business and my life and hoping that they go hand in hand with each other. But really, we have a an EP that's going to drop on May 25th that we made called First Expanse. And it features a conscious rapper and producer named Zen Griffey. And so we put that together. It's his kind of first debut of getting his music out. And so on that album, he does um, he does the rapping. And so I back him and I play vo uh, I play ukulele. And we've kind of moved into a new realm of music that is different for all of us, the hip hop realm, and kind of taking that on and expressing ourselves through that. So we're really excited to feature that and that's going to come out on Mal Label Music on May 25th. So very excited for that. And just focusing on writing and and developing ourselves as artists. Right now we're kind of taking a step back to look at how we would want to 
visualize a performance because before it's been, okay, we're going to play the music and get used to being in a crowd and playing together and writing together. And the past two years has been just straight fucking magical. <laughs> like since, since I met these guys, I, I was connected uh, with Casey, the drummer producer through a friend. Whenever I moved back to Lubbock, he connected us and said that they were looking for a female vocalist. And I walked in to the practice space and met them and, they were practicing and watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which was the first sign to me that like I'm in the right spot because they get my sense of humor. And so like, I don't know, I showed them my stuff and they showed me their stuff and we bonded the first day and I have not left since like they, they wanted to keep me. And so I wanted to keep them. And it's just been a really awesome process getting to collaborate and figuring out each other's creative processes and just becoming really good friends with each other and having fun. And, and, and then also, you know, kind of figuring out the business side of things and learning how to take it seriously and take it to that next level that it needs for us to be successful as musicians and not just have it be a hobby. Uh, it once was, and it was a way to process through things, but now it's, kind of becoming apparent to all of us that we have something that we want to share with the world that we feel like can help people and that's the main thing um just kind of getting the sounds out there but I'm really interested in I'm kind of wondering at like what point in our career can we bring like dancers in <laughs> to do big dance production and and stuff like that I see I have all kinds of visions and visions for music videos and stuff that I, I'm hoping to bring to fruition in the next year or so so yeah that's kind of where we're at. The support system that, that we've built and that we're working on together. I don't know if I've, I don't know if anything else like it exists. It's kind of selfish to think that a little bit, but it's just, they've encouraged me so much to open up and to be an artist and be myself and like all the way around. I don't, I don't feel like I would be performing and be doing what I do without them. Um, they're very much family and like getting to connect with people across the nation and getting that support um, from like Wump Collective out of Denver. Shout out to them, their family as well. They're a collective of all kinds of different producers and artists and they've released, we released our Strange Toes EP through them and then they made a whole remix album of all of their artists liked our stuff and like made remixes and so like they've just done amazing things and just getting to meet people like that power of the internet <laughs> like and connecting with people that's what it's all about yeah if you're out there listening whatever weird thing you do even if it's inconceivable to you that it could be liked by anybody there's a solid hundred thousand plus people out there that would love it if not millions and really once you have a certain amount of people hooked in and giving energy back through the form of attention appreciation to what you're doing, then what you are doing is going to become more appealing to even wider range of people. And it's, it really is just about starting to forge those connections and fearlessly doing what it is that you feel like you're called to do. And if you don't know what you feel called to do, then do what you like, because what you care about is going to be the thing that has the most potential for you to grow in doing it. And that's like number one, you got to care about what you're doing. So, if you don't have like a big and don't even worry about biting off this huge 
chunk of uh, I got to save the world and trying to chew that up because that's going to kill you yeah. having that idea. Mm -hmm. Just save yourself and take care of the people around you and let them see what it looks like to be saving yourself. And then, I mean, because nobody can do anything but heal themselves or save themselves. We can't do it for each other, but we can show each other how we're doing it. And that's sort of maybe why we even have this multiplicity of perspectives on life if we are really all one, it's so that we can get a bunch of different ideas about what life is and how to make it the best that we can. So I guess uh, you got anything left for like parting advice or, or parting words for our dear listeners, Holly? Be the hero of your own story. That's kind of what I would like to part with the message I want to put out there and something that I'm trying to do for myself. So yeah, don't be scared. Yeah, fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death before obliteration. Mm -hmm. I will face my fear and allow it to pass through me. And when the fear is gone, only I will remain. That's beautiful. I took that from the book Dune. I didn't write that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's the litany against fear. I love that. I've been reciting it more lately because why not? It's a great little maxim. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Holly. This has been a blast. It was Super fun to get to know you. Yes. I'm sure that we can do it again sometime and maybe bring on some of your collaborators as well. Yeah. Although it was great to just have a one-on-one -on -one this time because we got into some crazy shit that is mostly not talked about by people. Doesn't make it any less real though, or because, you know, lots of people have the kind of experiences and dreams that we're talking about and don't tell anyone because they're like, I don't want to be seen as crazy, yep. but you're only crazy if you do horrible things and repeatedly do them. Yeah. That's what makes you crazy. Other than that, you can think whatever you want, experience whatever you want, define it however you want. It's up to you. Choose your own adventure. Thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you later. my beautiful friends we have done it that's another episode down make sure to go check out the show notes for links to glass cannon you're gonna want to follow them on soundcloud or youtube or somewhere right they just put out a trippy new hip-hop music video called tsunami you can find that on their youtube channel i'll link that in the show notes like i said also linked in the show notes you're gonna find interverse plus that's right. You can get subscribed to Interverse Plus on patreon.com forward slash Interverse, 
where you can get access to the plus extension of this episode. And if you liked how our conversation went in the first half, the second half was where it got really interesting. I'm not just saying that. Let me go through the list of the things that we talked about here in the plus extension. How to set yourself up to succeed, inspire the muse and have fun doing it, spontaneous meditation-induced temporary body transfer. That's right. Holly tells the story that inspired Glass Cannon's song, Strange Toes, about that one time Holly became an Indian dude in the jungle and was stepped on by an elephant. In a dream. <laughs> uh, well, not a dream, actually. A meditation-slash-dream-ish daydream type thing, I guess. It's a weird story, but you'll like it. We also talk about how to healthily process the anger one feels when you really want to rescue somebody who refuses help or to help themselves and about that saving the world syndrome that so many creative people have. We talk about empowerment through knowing your own foundational philosophy and choosing based on your reality experience what those primary beliefs are instead of just going with what other people have told you. Holly talks about transforming sleep paralysis into communion with the deep unconscious and facing her past while in the astral body. This dream work talk that we get into is some of the most interesting I've ever had on the subject because it sounds like Holly has some very cool out-of-body experiences that maybe not all of us can recall having ourselves, although maybe we are having them. We talked about how to clean up your consciousness filters and become more sensitive to the totality of reality. Talked about paranormal activity and missing object phenomenon stories. And there's plenty more than that. Really, you just kind of have to check out Plus. So it's $5 a month. Gives you access to double the length episodes. I think it's worth it if you like this kind of thing called Interverse. So I could definitely use the uh, energetic support. <laughs> I'm surfing that fine line between bliss and burnout. And I love all of you for checking out the show. But you'd be doing me a huge favor if you could send me a little energy back and then you're going to get a lot more of the Interverse experience. So just think about it. Don't have to. You're always going to get this free show every week. But if you want more, that's how you get it. Think of it just like buying a print or a CD from a musician or a painter or somebody. That's what Interverse Plus is like. That's It's my craft. <laughs> I hope that it's inspiring or entertaining or informative or all of that. I also want to make sure and hit up this review that I just got on iTunes. You all know that if you don't want to spend money on supporting Interverse, you can go leave a review on iTunes, which is totally free for you to do. And that's going to help new people find the podcast. This new review is from user Hina Highway, and it says, What a high vibe podcast. I'm a new listener, totally excited about finding you. Well, thanks for that. It's a five-star review. How kind. Thank you for taking the time to do that because, like I said, it's going to help new people find the show like yourself. And if it's high vibe, been great. <laughs> I do like to hear that. So I don't feel like I'm high vibe. And damn, I am exhausted. You guys don't even know. Unless you're also exhausted, then maybe you know. But it's okay. It's good to be exhausted doing what you love. And also, it's really not the podcast that's got me completely exhausted. I'm going through some family crisis-type deals. Um, my grandma's very sick, and a lot of my family members are just completely willfully ignorant about what is and isn't healthy to do or how to take care of another person. It's frustrating. I'm not trying to, like, dump complaints on you guys. I just want you to know 
I'm a human being and life is challenging for all of us. And whatever you're going through, I'm right there with you. And don't let it stop you from doing your thing, baby. Whatever it is you want to be making, be making that thing. <laughs> Even if it's hard. Because in even in dark times, the anchor and the chasm is really whatever your imagination is trying to pull through into the world. That's what's going to anchor you to well-being and contentedness, even despite the storms, right? It's that knowing that you're doing what you're here to do, even in the face of some gnarly shit. <laughs> All right, well, that's enough of my ramble. Do check out the show notes for Glass Cannon and Holly Harper Chestnut. Thank you so much, Holly, for coming on the show. Looking forward to the next time we can chat. Good luck in the astral realm with all of your dream experiences because you're definitely a more dream-active person than the average. I think that's pretty cool. And we talked about all kinds of fun stuff. So thanks for coming on the show, Holly. Thanks for listening. You out there listening. I love you all. Life is good. Strange toes.